Hey, what's up, friends? Mike Myers here with the Songwriting for Guitar podcast, episode number 65, Lainey Dione. Now, on this episode, I'm bringing on an amazing artist, good co-writing friend of mine, Lainey. Uh, what I think of a hard worker, someone who's a problem solver, always looking to get to the next level in their career, but also looking to help others get there. Lainey is someone I think of. And in this episode, you're going to understand why. And we're going to dive into her journey, how she got to where she is now, and a really cool project that we are working on together that you can be a part of. So let's just dive into it. Episode number 65, Lainey Dione. What's up, Lainey? How are you? Hey, good. How are you? I am amazing. I I was thinking too the other day. I was like, why haven't I had you on yet? Like, why, I don't know why now because uh, I should have had you on way sooner. Yeah, yeah you're like, yeah, you should have. <laughs> but I, I'm super pumped because you know we we write all the time. We write a whole bunch. We write towards licensing. You're going to be uh, hosting some workshops through us, which I'm super excited about. But. Before we get into that, I want to hear kind of your journey in songwriting, but especially this pivotal moment, I feel, where you moved from leaving a school where it was music, like, you know, Berkeley, you graduate. A lot of people then expect things to flood their way. And they're like, all right, everything will come my way. They don't realize that you have to go into that sort of like, oh, shit, I got to start hustling. And you did, and it's working well, but like, what also prompted you to go to school? Like, what was the when was the what was the first song you wrote? Let's start there. Oh, man. Okay, so the first song I wrote was on an airplane. Um, I think I was like thirteen, maybe fourteen, yeah. and I had this crush. And I was sitting on the airplane, and I was like just humming. <laughs> so, and I'm sure the guy next to me like absolutely hated me because I was like humming all the stuff, writing down on a napkin, the airplane napkin, all my lyrics. Um, and it ended up being like the super like Cheetah Girls Avril Lavigne mashup. Ooh, that's a good drop name right there. Hashtag Cheetah Girls. <laughs> so yeah, so this yeah, this is a while ago. And then I moved on to like writing some punk punky songs in high school, like maybe like two or three, like not prolific at all whatsoever, right? And then I was like into sports like a lot more, and I broke my hip. Story for another time. Um, <laughs> because I broke my hip I was like music's my only thing that I got going on left so I like went balls to the wall like all music yeah and after high school decided I wanted to go to Berkeley and that's like a whole different world <laughs> I mean it has to be going from like okay like what was your primary instrument too was it a little bit of both I got it on on piano and then yeah. After you get accepted into Berkeley, they put you in a different auditioning process where they rate you from like one to six, I believe. Yeah. It was like seven years ago at this point. Yeah. Um, but uh, so they put you in a categories of one to six. So if you are like, eh, you're a one, if you're amazing. You probably have a full scholarship and you're a six. After that, I played my piano part. I did not know any jazz, any jazz at all. And they're like primarily jazz based for theory. Yeah. Um, so I hated that. I was classically trained and I hated it. They were like, can you improvise? Can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do all these seven chords? And I was like, what's a seven chord? Um, so I dropped out of the piano program and retried out for voice. Yeah. And when that was my primary instrument. Your voice is awesome. So I, I, that's what I assumed at first. It was either voice or guitar. 
But to me, even piano, it's just like, yeah, seventh course is like, ah, don't give me the seventh and don't give me a ninth either. It's just like, and now we're just getting too like, there's too many notes now. Let's cut this back. But so you did voice. So voice was the primary instrument and that's what you were going for. What did you think when graduation would, would when it came, what was going to happen? Bro, I had a whole different experience. So I couldn't afford Berkeley at all, like yeah. at all. At all. Um, so my parents were nice enough to give me the first year and I wanted a four-year degree. So I did my four-year degree in two years by doing 22 credits mm. a semester. How did you sleep? How did you survive? I didn't. I didn't and I, I yeah. did 22 credits in the summers. I did overtime summers, overtime fall, overtime spring. Fall, spring, summer, fall, spring, summer, done. Graduated. So graduation was a whole big blur to me. <laughs> well, that also says something to also, I don't know what you want to say, tenacity or just your 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 drive to really do this. Yeah. Because there are some people that go like, oh, yeah, 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 totally. But then their consistency wanes a little bit and it's not. But the idea of like to really focus in and hone in on two years where you're like, this is my window. And this is what I have. So if I want that for you, I really have to focus. That says something to your your drive to act to really want it. Thanks. <laughs> it does because I, I can't imagine a lot of people finding that appealing or like as soon as they hear that's the option, they go, "Oh, I guess there is no way." Yeah, they just kind of go like, "Oh, you know, I guess it can't happen." But you're like, "Okay, it's gonna be tight," but like, "Yeah, all right, here we go." Yeah, so I made it work because the. When I want something, I, I go after it. Yeah. Um, so the transition after Berkeley was the same. When I wanted something, I went after it. <laughs> what did you What did you envision that you wanted once Berkeley was done? Like in your head, the next thing. Yo, so I went to Berkeley. What I wanted initially was audio production. That's what I wanted to do. Um, but then they make you have this whole portfolio before even getting in of all the work you've done. And I hadn't... I had this program called audacity like i didn't have like logic or pro tools didn't know anything so i was like i don't have a portfolio i'm gonna go for music business because that's yeah. the practical thing and then get a minor in audio production and engineering and then those two together will really set me up for a and r that's yeah. my mindset on this because i i have like a very clear vision of yeah. of what an artist needs when you're writing for an artist or yeah. like all, all of the different kind of vibey stuff. I was like, I could be a really good A&R person, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted. Um, and then after Berkeley, I was just like, I have a good while until I'm 30. I'm going to try to push my solo career until I'm 30 and then yeah. start on the business side of things if it doesn't work I out. Gotcha. So yeah, after after Berkeley, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go full force with, with trying to make it as an artist first. And it's a good backup. Business is a good backup degree. Well, it's because even when you are an artist, you still need business. You yeah. still need to understand because it's like people are like, I've got great songs. They're out in the world. Go. Yeah. So I do everything DIY. So having that background and like yeah. if I'm going to get screwed over in a contract or not. Is really <laughs> well, you and you, you have written with some really good pros. Like you've been put in situations where you've been like okay here we go we have to write yeah so i got an artist development deal in nashville in like 2017 yeah. um and they be writing with like crazy awesome writers like gabe simon i wrote hey london my first single with him and he yeah. do a leap like a whole bunch of people so like that was like my first 
co-writing experience. <laughs> now I'm curious, how did you get that development deal? How did that happen? Oh man. Okay. So yeah, I was in this, like, I, I always say networking, networking, networking. I was in this networking Facebook group where somebody was like, I also want to be an A&R person. I'm trying to do my own little firm thing right now. Did anybody want to be a client for free? And I was like, for free, you got me. <laughs> you got me. And so this girl, she was out of New York City. She was she was trying to hook me up with all these different labels. And I ended up getting a meeting with the A&R rep from Atlantic. Oh, wow. Okay. I had just put out an EP at the time. And then they sent it over and they listened to me. And they were like, your voice is great, but your songwriting needs some work. And I was like, okay. And they're like, your branding needs a lot of work. And I was like, yeah, my branding needs a lot of work. And they're like, let's hook you up with this artist development thing. You'll you'll be with yeah. you. you'll have all this stuff. You're not ready for Atlantic yet, but let's let's have you do this deal in Nashville. So then I went and did the deal in, in Nashville and um, got some amazing writers. I learned like a shit ton. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the half my uh, debut record came out of that deal. And the other half, I just took what I learned and applied it to myself and, and got the other half of the album done that way that is also really the idea that it was through a networking group because you're like network network and somebody's like hey what about this cool done cool let's see what will happen let's go and it's just being open to opportunities and did you because i feel this is what hinders people because they think it needs to look a certain way or they're waiting for people to approach them they're oh. waiting for someone to yeah Never wait <laughs> Don't do that. That's like the worst thing you could do. Why is it? And I think it's because sometimes they think, well, I've done this, this, and this. So it's, you know, that should be my credit. Exactly. The face you get is just like, no, no. So what? Who cares? I go by never think you're the best person in the room. Even if you have the most credentials in the room, never think you're the best person in the room. Oh, that's you good. know, because you can learn something from somebody who's just starting out. You can get a connection from somebody who's just starting out. You might not get any connections or anything from somebody who's been in the business for years. They might not even want to talk to you. Don't, <laughs> don't like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. don't ever think that you're the best person in the room. You can learn from anybody at any stage. So, and always be prepared for unexpected. That doesn't make any sense, but always be prepared for unexpected opportunities. Ooh, now there's a, there's a lot there. So the idea, I like the idea of like, <laughs> don't, think that you can't you know that you couldn't get an opportunity or a new thing from someone who's just starting out because people i think oh oh no no it's the person that's like miles down the road they're the most experienced and they're good you might you might not but like usually the person that gets more and more experienced have way more guard keepers there's a lot more things there's a lot more barriers between that person and you where someone's starting i was like yeah yeah and it's like and if you're nice and you're polite people are like oh yeah they're great they're so easy to get along with. Yeah, you never know where anything's gonna come. Like, let's say, like, I'm nobody, like, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> um, and one day I get signed, and yeah. then these people now know me. You know, that's a connection. You never know where anybody's gonna take off. Yeah. I, I don't judge anybody by what path they're on currently. Anybody can go anywhere. You know, you, you gotta you gotta stay humble. <laughs> but what's awesome about that is then in general, just everything, all your dealings with people, you're humble, you're kind. And I feel you're good at seeing that too. Like, and we'll get into like some of the workshops you're doing because I feel like you're really good at being like, Hey, bro, right there, you need to change your ass. <laughs> like that, that is just not, it's not 
as the, the kids say, it's not jiving with me right now. You're very good at spotting when it's like someone has potential, but like overall attitude, all their demeanors, how they're saying sucks. Like it's not good. Yeah, attitude is really important. And I don't think people realize how they come across sometimes. Because you could have the best intentions in the world, but if your face is the whole time, you know, people are going to be like, what's 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 going on? Like, do you hate me? What's, what's up? You know? um, they got a sourpuss face. What's up with that? And you're just, it's just, or they have a deadpan face. They're so deep. They're so... They're not, they're, they're aware of what they're working on, but they're not aware of their body language and how they're holding themselves and how they're carrying. That's huge. There's a lot of stuff that goes into networking and it's a lot of stuff that you can just look at in the mirror and see how <laughs> yeah, people, you know, like it, it's, it's simple, but you don't really think about it. All those things that you're aware of, I feel has helped you in just how you communicate with people, how you connect with people. Cause you never know at which level who's going to help you. So it's like, do that you know just that general be kind but also continue to work on your craft and i feel that's another thing you're good at is just like you kind of like adhere to the same thing i do where it's like there's no mountaintop so it's just like cool you're just a little bit higher up the altitude's higher and you may have to stay at this base camp for a while because the oxygen's less and you got to adapt to it yeah. and then you climb up the next half and it's going to be the same process yes in my experience i've seen some writers not a lot but some writers yeah that think that people owe them the time of day. And that's never the way to look at things. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, oh, I'm good enough. This this person that's had three Grammys, they should talk to me. Like, yeah, no. I don't feel like no one owes you anything. You know, you can prove yourself in a very polite way. Oh boy. <laughs> but um, yeah, you're not, you're not owed anything in the industry. So you gotta really, work hard and, and look at yourself and see where you're at. Oh, that's so good. And then eventually this, what led you into licensing too? What, how did that come about as well? Okay. So North star, which is how we met. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just found my music. They found Hey London and they were like, they reached out to me and they were like, do you want to sign this deal? And I had never done anything sync before. So I was yeah. like, why not? Like, you know, yeah, you're, okay, cool. About this industry, that's another avenue yeah. for my music to be heard. I'll I'll go for it, and I ended up signing non-exclusive with them. And then, I don't know if just the way you found me by going on North Star, but like yeah. six other agencies just randomly messaged me, and and I was like, all right, I'll get all these non-exclusive, whatever, you know. And so I kept on signing all of these sync deals, um, and one of them I reached out through through Reverb Nation, which is an incredible opportunity tool to use, which I talked about in the workshop. And then another one, I was doing a wedding and a guy at the wedding was like, you're amazing, let me let me contact you. I have this guy that's been my friend for a while. Um, he does a lot of stuff for MTV. Why don't you, you know, text me, yeah. text you and, and introduce you guys. And that's how I got the flip tracks thing. Oh, that's, that's what we also do. Yeah. And, you know, and it's funny you mentioned networking. It's like, well, how did I meet you? It was because I was like, cool, when I want to work with someone, I'm like, okay, I need to make sure I gel with them. Like, I can listen and I'm like, oh, yeah, I totally get what they're about. And I can authentically present the things that they're, that they're like. And I'm not going to create something that's out of their wheelhouse. I'm not going to be. They also seem like a good hang. Like, I can talk to them. Like, they would be chill. And it just seemed like, okay, I've written with a bunch of people from North Star and they work well. And 
I like her music. Like, this is really good. I think I listened to Wake Up Call and I was like, I was like, oh yeah, I could totally do something like this. And I was like, cool. And then we wrote a song and that's really the first, like, would you say too, when you write a song, like, I always keep the expectation of like, I'm not worried about like, we have to get a song, like this has to be the perfect song. Like I'm ready for the shakedown. I'm like, I really just want to develop like a relationship where this works well. And then cool, let's continue to write songs. Or it's like, we're going to be like, uh oh, I don't think this works out. So I feel like the first write is always like a practice write. Whereas it doesn't have to be like the best song. It doesn't have to be a stealthy, yeah. like top hit. It's just to get to know the other person and to get to vibe with the other person. And if it's a hit, it's a hit, man. You're lucky. Yeah. It's a good one, you know? Um, but if it's not like hitting it on the mark, you guys are two different people. You, you got to give it a... If, if the vibe is right, you gotta give it a little time, maybe, but you know? <laughs> and it's a little bit of oof. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just, it's feeling the, like the, like kind of like the waters of like, okay, this is working. Okay, there's potential. Yeah. You may just have to like, you know what? I think we now know how the other person writes. But also too, would you say that also comes with be being prepared when you come to a write? Like if, you're coming in cold with no ideas and like no, no sense of direction. It's hard to hit the ground running, but if you both come in with like something to bounce off each other, idea wise, it can be easier to like build something because like there's clear intention on both parties that they're, they're yeah. paying attention. Yeah. So I've been in rights where you get on and, and it's just, nothing there's nothing there right um and there's like silence breaks that are just like awkward and you're like what? No. No. um but if the person comes and they're excited to write and they have a good attitude like oh yeah 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 i love that or like it doesn't matter if it's a song that you're going to use or a song that's not going to be syncable or whatever if you have a good vibe with that person you're going to want to write with that person again you know yeah. I you always get point where it's the exact sound that you need but if yeah. it's a person that's just you're not gonna get there <laughs> somebody told me once well even if you don't like the person and don't get along with them right and you may get a good song continue writing with them and i was like really i was like what if it's i just don't like spending time with them doesn't matter and i was like oh i've never done that <laughs> i don't want to do that <laughs> <laughs> because it's like if you are at least from my perspective i don't want to write with like a bazillion people i'd rather have a core group of people that i really like writing with yes we're getting great songs where there is a workflow too like i do this then they do this or at least my perspective where it's like i make the instrument they do the vocal then i add extra stuff and then we go cool awesome and it moves to the final stage either i mix it somebody else mixes it done let's do the process again and then let's do it again. And then let's do it again. As opposed to just like, I don't know, working with somebody that's, I don't know. I don't think I don't, I don't like the idea of stepping on pins and needles with someone where it's like, oh, you can't say that. Oh, you can't be like that. You have to be this way. Oof. Yeah, like it should, it should be fun. <laughs> it should be fun. <laughs> well, it should be fun. And I, and I think the one thing you pointed out once, because uh, we did a workshop, it was understanding your role too of like what is your role in the right yeah yeah so there's definitely some etiquette that should definitely be there from both parties which yeah about in the workshop um but understanding where you're at in your career and where the other person at is in their career 
and what yeah. you bring to the table and what they bring to the table and having that all come into harmony rather than like a competition or, you know, <laughs> or an ego fest. That's, yeah. not, that's not the, that's not the vibe. So yeah, uh, it, the goal is to write a song that fits either the genre brief or the artist that you're writing for, you know? Now, from your perspective as an artist, have you ever felt like where someone is like, you're not listening to me? Like, you're not, you're clearly not paying attention. Have I felt like I've done that? Or have I felt like someone else has done that? Someone you? else has done that to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and why do you think that is sometimes that people get, I don't want to say like in love with their idea, but like, totally bypass the fact that it's going for you ego it, it's all ego yeah. it's all um, ego yeah because if you're writing for another artist it doesn't yeah. matter what you like it does not matter what you like and i cannot say that it does not matter what you like <laughs> it matters what the artist's vibe is what their genre yeah. is what their lyrical realm is like like you're not going to use dated phrases for a new pop artist is not going to happen you know i love that it's like it does not matter what you write <laughs> it just doesn't it does not it, because it doesn't matter it's their song it's their voice yes and it, you're right it just comes down to ego yeah it all depends on who who the song is for in the end if i'm in love with the line that i wrote absolutely in love with the line that i wrote and i put it in a song for another artist and the other artist hates that line, I'm not gonna push for it. I'll keep it, put it in the bank for me later on. I'm not gonna push mm. to have that artist have that. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's about them. That's another, it's not about me, it's about them. But it's like, that is perfect. Cause it's like, you said, I can put it in the bank. I can use it for something else. It's not like, this is make or break with the line. Yeah. I, I can write another song. But do you find too, it's maybe people that don't write enough that they feel like this is their moment. So when they have those moments, they're just like, oh shit, I've got to use this now because this is the only song I'm ever gonna, and it's like, no, you just got to write a lot more than you currently are. That's an ego thing. Yeah. An ego thing. They think that they're important because this is their one shot, you know? But if you if you look at it as this is important for the artist, you're, yeah. you're essentially like a work for hire. You're not a work for hire legally, but you're essentially yeah. like a work for hire. You're there to, write for someone else it's their art so this gets to the point of i'm excited because you're going to be leading two workshops especially one that digs into the co-writing but all the things that we've touched on in terms of your journey and all the knowledge that you've acquired because when you go to berkeley that's a lot of money that you hunk down you know hunker down to like <laughs> invest in yourself yes. and so like the knowledge that you're taking from everything that you've experienced on top of all of your knowledge through networking, getting that development deal, getting to the point where you are networking, getting placements, starting to get approached by more and more libraries. You're taking all of that and essentially putting it into two workshops. Yes, yes. So it's, it's my whole life. <laughs> but the, the, could you talk a little bit about like, you know, some of the, the things that you have planned and like your ultimate goal for someone if they're like, okay, so why should I join? I honestly think that beginners, intermediate, experienced yeah. people could all take something away from this workshop. For one, the music industry is constantly changing. Yeah. So stuff that you learned a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, gone, you know? 
it's always changing. So this is all current stuff that's happening right now. Current opportunities that you could be taking right now to elevate your career. There's no downside of learning everything that I've been through. So you don't, number one, make any of the mistakes that I made, which were a lot, but yeah. plus I knew what to look out for. So you get that too. Yeah. <laughs> plus just different things that you could be doing day to day to advance your career, advance your songwriting, advance your mindset into the industry. There's, what I, mean, I like about it, it's all, it's not just the technical aspect of like just the writing, but you're also applying just like, okay, your whole attitude, how you just approached that was completely wrong. Also too, how you worded and approached that was completely wrong. You need to, so it's like you're combining your overall, again, just the demeanor, your approach, your attitude, the way you're looking at the artist. It's just like, can we, can we sit up? Can we smile? And can we like act like we're excited to be in the room with them yeah. as opposed to just like, Ugh. there's a whole right. thing on like etiquette and different phrases that you can say to, if you're like struggling talking to your coworker, be like, I know I really hate that. Yeah. <laughs> you can say that without pissing people off. Um, different things that you could do in networking to make you stand out from every other artist that's going to be in the room. Like all of that's in there. And I feel the one I got excited because the, the, even the training that you just did for the workshop, just describing what it is, you go through structure arc of especially pop current song structure, which is where a lot of people are tripped up because as you said, sometimes they're going off of what worked for them maybe 10, 15 years ago. But if you're just like, okay, can we talk about what's just happened last week? It's changed. And I don't think people get that. It's almost like they're, you think of your computer needs constant updates. There's constantly new software. There's new bugs. There's new things that are fixed. We kind of have to do the same thing with our view of songwriting and the tools have to be revamped and we have to kind of upgrade every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Pop is my realm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's also the biggest genre in all of music history. So for it to be seen in this very saturated world, um, it's very difficult. So there's different things that you can do to, to stand out and to get those opportunities over other artists um, that we talk about. And then the one thing that you're gearing for the other part of the workshop, which I like, is the lyric side of it, which it's like, I can talk music production and be like, hey, let's get into this. But like the lyrical side, completely different. And it's really cool how you've structured that out as well. And as you said, this is for someone that is just starting that could also be intermediate or someone that's advanced, but like is looking for a reset and a refresh. And like, I'm looking for new material, new tools, your, your workshop. And this is what's great about too, what I find a lot of workshops don't do. It's like, this is a consistently live workshop it's happening in real time and you're giving them assignments weekly that doesn't happen a lot usually people just look at a youtube video and they're like yeah okay i got it i got it and it's like but meanwhile they don't have it they yeah. don't have anybody giving them the feedback and being like okay that's that's not it you didn't get it like you thought you did but you didn't yeah, I think what sets us apart from other things that you could also do to advance your career is that I'm going to give actual individual attention to people. So you're going to actually get to 
understand exactly what's going on in your career and what you can do to take your next step specifically for your path. Oh, this is so good. And below in the podcast too, if you're listening to this, we're putting a link where you can watch the entire free training because she does a training even before the workshop, <laughs> breaking down that full structure. And it's really cool to see. So we include the link so that you can sign up and we're, we're capping the limit too. So depending on when you're listening, if you're like, oh, I want to do this, then you need to jump in. You need to do this now because this is like we're only doing it one time this year. It's not like we're going to be like Lainey's going to do this every Sunday for the next two years. It's no, it's just this this little, 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 little spark of time right now. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm very excited about it. I'm excited, too, because like this is something that I think people definitely need, because the most common thing that I hear is as their skills are getting better, how can I improve the song structure? What is what is the modern song structure? That's where it's like, especially when it comes to pop, people are like, I'm not sure. And when they say pop, they already have some preconceived notions of what pop is. And suddenly when they're actually met with what pop is, they're like, oh, wow, I thought it was something complete. Like, like they have an idea in their head, which is totally not pop. Or it was maybe like 15, 20 years ago, but again, it's changed and it's developed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ugh, there's so many things that are still happening like today in the industry that it's going to change by tomorrow. So, you know, it, I feel like there's also this misconception that you need to get a label or be signed to a publisher to get all this stuff done. And I've DIY'd everything. I've opened up for major international acts, um, gotten placements. Like you, you can do this all on your own. You, you don't need to be signed to anything. And I feel like what I give in this course really gives you step-by-step -step on how to get there by yourself, which I think is really important. I think it's insanely important. I'm super excited. So if, you know, as you're listening to this, this means it is happening. You can just click the link below so that you can sign up for it. You can also watch for free training below. And Lady, you're awesome. I'm looking forward to this, this, the whole workshop. This was so good. And I'm glad you were here. We'll do more of these. We'll do more of these. Yeah, I'd love to. <laughs>Now, throughout my coaching and classes, I've noticed like a big piece of songwriting knowledge missing from most songwriters, like even even seasoned songwriters. So I've asked Lainey, who is an, a Berkeley grad, someone who is just kicking butt in sync, uh, to think of the best way to solve this issue. Her and I have talked about this like extensively, and Lainey is seriously bringing the heat with her proven method of explaining the one thing all modern songwriters need to be doing to help find their sound and honestly compete in this type of market. She has a great way of explaining things and I'm excited that you get a chance to learn from her. So if you click the link below this podcast description, so wherever you're listening, just click the link below. You're going to be taken to get some Berkeley wisdom in a super quick 10-minute training that is complimentary to my podcast listeners on the number one thing right now that you can do to improve your songwriting. So all you got to do, just wherever this description is below, there is a link. You just click it. You'll be taken to the training. And guess what? You can start applying it right after.